everyone uh welcome to the december edition of meet the creator and i gotta say reading this book i felt right in my element i really did um because i'm going to be talking today to mj sullivan about um his fantastic game-based book called game over hi matt really nice to meet you um and i can see from behind you that um you're really writing from experience with this one. I, I live this life. Yeah, there's there's no there's no faking going on here. I am a born and bred proper bona fide nerd. So yeah, you can tell why I end up writing the books that I do. Well, there you go. Nerds are us. We're in good company here. Um, would you be happy to start us off with a little bit of a reading, please, Matt? Absolutely, yeah, it'd be my pleasure. So I'm going to read um, from, <laughs> I'd say chapter seven, but it's actually called level seven in the book, obviously. Um, and this is this is this happens after the first time the raid mob have been and played with the new virtual reality technology. Um, and the next day, they're all a bit groggy um, from the new experience of being up very late and playing. So this follows one of the characters as he's on his way to school. <clears throat> Io rubbed his temples. His head had been pounding since he was all but dragged out of bed, having slept through each of his six alarms. Usually, Io was up before the first one even sounded, cancelling each one exactly a minute before it was due. It was one of a laundry list of coping strategies he developed to get himself through the day as he battled with autistic compulsions that might otherwise have kept him in his room, away from everyone, including the mob. His three friends had long been Io's most important reason to push himself into the outside world each day. Amongst everything else they shared, they were the only ones who'd ever seemed capable of acknowledging his autism, unlike his parents, without making him feel like an outsider, unlike literally everyone else. That morning, however, Io had woken up in a panicked daze, his gaming visor and gloves still on, and now he felt even less a part of the real world than usual. As their plush Range Rover wafted Ayo towards his school, his dad's thick Nigerian accent and harsh words were the only thing anchoring him to reality. While his dad yelled at some poor office techn technician about today's board presentation through the car's hand-free phone system, Ayo sat in the back trying to piece together last night's events. He remembered being picked up after school by his mum. She'd nearly crashed their other Range Rover, they were a two Range Rover family, rifling through patient notes while weaving through traffic. He remembered being dropped off at an empty house. He remembered, in his excitement to get up to his room, whacking his skinny shin off the stair rail and nearly falling flat on his face. He remembered locking the bedroom door behind him. He even remembered remembering how pointless this was, as no one ever bothered to check on him. If neither of his parents had managed to pry themselves away from their work long enough to realise that their son had become one of the best gamers in the world, he could be pretty sure that his latest online endeavour would also be completely ignored. After he put on his visor and gloves, that's when it got all hazy. Io could hardly remember a single detail after that with any real clarity. He could remember sensations, smells, sounds, flashes of images. He remembered dirt under his feet and hands, blue dirt. He checked his fingernails unthinkingly and scolded himself. What was he expecting to find? Encrusted alien soil? 
<laughs> perfect, perfect. At that point, things are starting to get a little bit surreal, aren't they? Really, there yes. we're we're getting the the gaming world bleeding over into the real world, um, and it, it's so well done. I absolutely love that. Um, now, I'm fully aware that some of the references in the book will have passed me by because, right. um, although I'm a techie geek, I'm not really a gamer. Okay, um, but. Having said that, I loved all of the pop culture references. You know, there were there were so many smiles as I went through the book. I was like, oh yeah, I know what they're going, what's going on there. I know what's going on there. But I could still follow the action absolutely fine. Were you thinking particularly of that sort of subset of young people very much as your target audience? Um, were you writing for yourself as a younger man? I think a combination of both. And I think as well, as you say, it's really important to not alienate readers with the content that's in the book you know like if it was so reference heavy and, and the whole thing kind of hinged on that it wouldn't be it would be great for like six people and it would be impenetrable for everybody else so that that wouldn't work um so there was a big focus on making sure that it was an accessible narrative that even somebody who wasn't necessarily into gaming could follow it as just an adventure story as a story uh, about friendship um and a story about overcoming challenges um and and bonding um but i think that as, as as we've established because i'm a proper nerd i think the idea of, of when you do spot those things when you go ah, i know that oh i get that reference there is that little extra kind of pat on the back so i think that i was writing for both really i was writing for a general readership that could could, could come along with the story and enjoy the the banter and the dialogue and, and the you know the imagery in that but I think that what I, what I set out, when I set out to, to write this book, I thought I was really conscious about the fact that I think books written for this age group, there is perhaps a tendency to, to, to think that, oh, if it's about football, they'll like it because kids like football. So just write about football, you know, or kids like gaming. So just write about gaming. And if you're not careful, you can come, off, come across as very inauthentic because especially with gaming and especially with gaming fans, if it's not right, they know straight away. You yeah. know, like you can't just reference these things or make it up as you go along or kind of be half caught at it. it. It has to be absolutely correct. Or a reader who loves those things will see through that from a million miles away. And it's the same as, you know, same as you and I would. Like if, if there was a reference and we knew it wasn't right, that kind of, it almost spoils it. It almost spoils mm -hmm. the, you know, you feel like you're having an authentic reading experience and then something comes along and you go well that's not right they're just they're just referencing that because they think it's cool or they think it's popular or they think yeah. you know people like it because of that so no yeah the, the the gaming and the pop culture elements in the book were were very much for me it's funny how much when different readers have read it and pointed things out I go oh that's me that's just me I, that, I'm just writing about that thing that I like actually that I think is cool <laughs> Uh, I remember that there was one reader who was, uh, we had, um, because obviously there's an, uh, an autistic character in the book, uh, the book passed through autistic sensitivity readings, and yeah. one of them was pointing out how much, uh, the, the traits of Megan, actually, it wasn't Io, it was Megan, and I was like, oh, that's me. Like, Megan is the most like me in the book, and all the traits yeah. that she has, which this person was going, you know, they're, you know they're, they're fairly autistic traits as well. I'm like, oh. They're my traits, you know. That's that's how I am all the time. So yeah, it's been an interesting sort of voyage of self personal discovery as well as well as you know as well as um, uh, creative discovery. And you do get into the the mindset of teenagers really well. 
And naturally, your day job, your day job, if you like, is as a teacher. <laughs> and do you think that's helped you a lot with that? I do. I do. I think that there's, I mean, there's there's characters who are literally uh, named after children I've taught, you know. And I think it's, it's, it's um, one of those things where, although I don't teach for the age group that this is aimed at, um, mm-hmm. There are because I've been a teacher a long time now. I'm in my 14th year of teaching. I've had many, many students who've gone grown up through the target age of game over, and then actually gone past that age. And so they'll come back and they'll visit the school and we'll chat. And particular, in particular, um, Io's surname, the boy who holds Io's surname, the guy, the, the lad who he was named after, he will come back quite often, and we'll talk about this kind of stuff. And he is the target age for this group, yeah. so. Um, but I think, yeah, definitely, um, I'm, as I say, I'm hosting a reading group at the moment in school and I'm doing it with the year sixes, but I've got a bunch of quite quite grown up, quite mature year sixes. So they're all but they're all but the target age, you know, so that really does help. And sharing it with them has been fabulous, really, really fabulous. The questions that they ask about, you know, what was this? Why did you come up with that? You know, why, like what, 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 even just meanings of stuff, you know, stuff that they want to check. It's not that they gloss over stuff that they don't understand. They want to know. And that's what I was hoping for. You know what I mean? As I say, like if you use a reference or whatever that they don't know, it's not that they just, bliss, you know, breeze by it and forget about it. They want, what's that, sir? What's that song? And I'll play it for them on YouTube and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's yeah, uh, the proper education, you know. So, uh, um, yeah, so yeah, I, I think, but being, but yeah, certainly, you know, being around young people for my job is certainly. I mean, like, I, I don't need help being a nerd, but you know, it does, it does keep me even younger. Well, no, it gives me an excuse not to grow up. Yeah, you know I mean, if my job is to be around young people all the time, growing up is no fun anyway. I've never been interested in it. So now, because of my job, I get to have like a legitimate reason not to do it. So that's great. Oh, you see, now I've got a three-year-old granddaughter that's doing that for me. Uh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, if you cling on to any reason you can. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. You cover lots of, I mean, you've touched on some of them. You do cover lots of different difficulties that teens may face in the book um you know neurodivergency for example and poverty as well and um why did you particularly want to include these sort of issues to have representation for children and young people who i i know personally yeah and or reflect things i went through and continue to go through now like it was that that was that was really it i wanted the children because because i knew Amongst all the children who will, or young people who will read this book, a big chunk of that is going to be, you know, like you, pupils are very excited that their teacher is an author, you know, like yeah. so. So I know if, if I can guarantee anybody's reading this book, it's the kids I know, and I want them to be able to see themselves, see their struggles, but see the hope as well, you know, like see that. And I think as well that it was really important that I don't think, although all the characters have the challenges i don't think any of them define any of them you know it's not it's not that one thing about them that becomes their all-encompassing thing and i think again that's that's a thing that can that can be a a pitfall of stories particularly at the moment where you know neurodivergence is used as a bit of a a, dare i say a trendy topic you know like it's just it's just oh well we write about autism because it's trendy it's not trendy it's not and if you have it it's not you know it's not um and um but so i wanted i wanted that representation and i wanted to be able to weave those things in as 
challenges they have, things they have to go through, but a thing that does not define them. It doesn't become just because you are A, that means you're A and that's all you are. You're an A and everybody has to see you as an A, treat you as an A. You are limited because you're an A. You know, that's that's not that's not the case. That's what I wanted. I wanted to be able to reference it, include it, but actually show that those people, these characters are, you know, they are, that is 17th on their list of what's yeah. important to them, you know, and and what's important about them to each other. You know, that, that thing comes way down in the list past, you know, loyalty and protectiveness and fun and, and sarcasm and shared interest. And, you know, all these things are yeah. far more interesting, far more important to them and to each other than, than, than that thing. But they're Definitely obviously the sarcasm. You've got the banter perfect. <laughs> Absolutely perfect. Haven't been around a lot of teenagers. Yeah, I totally get that. Yeah, that's the most fun. I mean, especially Megan. Like, she's so fun to write. She's she so is amazing. <laughs> Not, no surprise that she's my favourite character. Come on. Oh, she's my favourite character. You know. Like, a, a million percent she's my favourite character. She really is. It, 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 it's funny because it goes basically her and Io. And like, and especially when you get them to kind of facing off against each other in a bit of a battle of wits, because he's so dry with her and she's just so cutting all the time. But underneath it all, they really, really like each other. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, they, they really respect each yeah. other, and there's a lot of love and loyalty there. You know, so yeah. But they have over the top. They're just having to go at each other all the time. But but that's how oh, it works. God. isn't it? That's how, you yeah. know. That's yeah. bad, isn't it? That's bad. I think that it's probably true of a lot of us, but the people that I most take the mick out of are the people I'm closest to. Oh, 100%. You know, you're safe to, aren't you? Yes, you exactly. That's it. And that. that is the biggest thing about the rave mob. Ra the rave mob is their own little safe space. That's that's yeah. what they are to each other. They are, as, as, as whatever's going on at home, whatever could be happening with parents, school, bullies, teachers, whatever it might be they are safe with each other and that's why that's why in the, you know there's this this such a drive for them to to maintain their anonymity they don't want that broken you know they want to keep themselves to themselves because that because that space is so important to them that they get to be safe in their own little world that they've created if there's one thing i want i want almost it to be about is the value in being yourself and holding yeah. your own identity and knowing that there is there's going to be the the more different you are the harder times you're going to have but if you can hold on if you can maintain your difference actually it becomes a strength you know later on i wouldn't have done any of this i wouldn't have achieved this writing this book if i'd have said you know what everything about me that I, that makes me awkward or that makes you know that people point out or make fun of i'll give it up i'll stop doing that so that i don't you know i don't have to endure this stuff but actually and you know it happens really quick, relatively quickly. I think this book is aimed at the at the sort of age group where, in my personal experience, anyway, and from the experience that I've spoken to others about, it's the most intensive time of that. You know, basically getting attacked for who you are. You get into college, and or at that college age or whatever, and all of a sudden, you being different is cool. You know, you yeah. are, you have an identity. It's cool. You being a little bit different than everybody else and not conformist. All of a sudden, oh, you know, you have that cool, rebellious, whatever. Or, or people just go, I respect you for being you. That's great that you're not the same as everybody else. But I think for the rave mob, it's they're not quite there yet. They're still at the time where it is all about conformity and peer yeah. pressure, stuff like that. And they have a little bit more of it to endure before they can go. You know, oh, actually, being me is great. You know, being me is actually the best thing I can possibly be. The um the way that the book reads is almost like you're watching a live stream of a game. 
Um, and that was fabulous because it kind of just took me out of myself and I was look as though I was watching it happening in front of me. And also, I think the um, the design of the book, I mean, as you've already alluded to, you know, the um, percentage left through the game at the top of the chapters. Yeah. Um, did you have much say in the design of that or was that something that came later? Yeah, so, so oh, well, I mean, to, to mention your point about the, the live stream thing, I think that people have said before that uh, they've described my writing style as like cinematic and yeah. I think absolutely makes sense because that's who I am like I am I am a visually minded cinematic like if I, I absolutely I write I play it in my head like it's a movie and then yeah. I write it down and 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 I think that does that kind of style does come through in the story um in terms of the design uh, the illustrator Sophie Jones she was incredible she she does take a lot, you know. She she asks she she asks for a cut. It is quite a collaborative thing with her, and I've produced kind of like um, slideshows. Kind of, we we do almost like digital mood boards of yeah. this is what I want the character to kind of, or this is what I want the mech to look like, or whatever. Um, but in terms of the actual look of the book, which I think is so strong, you know, like the circuitry design that she's done that kind of permeates through the book, that's all her. Like she came up with that and is like, this is what I think would work. But what was interesting that that kind of serendipity is Sophia is so Sophie is a massive gamer herself so she told me like as soon as this came in and they were you know looking for someone on the team to to do the illustrations and the book design or whatever else she was like that's mine that's mine nobody else is doing this no I am having this no one else is doing it it's my bread and butter so I think again that 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 kind of like she, that um authenticity you know she she is a gamer she knows what gamers like and you know this idea of putting level completion and stuff that was hers and um, we talked about the end about um completing the completing the book like you're completing the game and unlocking the um unlocking the playlist at the end of the book yeah you, you completed the game and you've unlocked something and that was definitely a conscious thing of we were like you know it'd be cool it'd be cool to put you know gaming references and elements as the reading experience yeah. going along. yeah yeah very much so well okay now no spoilers for anybody okay but we know the story finishes on a definite cliffhanger mm -hmm. so i am assuming there is definitely a second book at least there absolutely is it's it's in print as we speak and as far as i know tentatively speaking it's out in march yeah, Excellent. Yeah. Oh, that's not too long first. to wait. That's no, good. no, no. And it's good. It's the first of four planned books. Well, it's been an absolute delight talking to you, Matt. Um, thank you so much for making the time to talk to us. Can't wait for the next book. I will be avidly waiting to read that next time. Um, but I suppose, you know, it is the time of year that I can now say Happy Christmas. Thank you very much. And, and thanks um, so much for having me. It's been a delight to talk to you. Merry Christmas. Not at all. It's been, um, as I say, it's been great fun. So looking forward to the next one. Thank you very much. <laughs>